0: Hi, this is Fabian Niciesa, co-creator of Deadpool and the writer, oh no, wait, I'm sorry, the author of Suburban Dicks, and you are listening to Nerd On.
1: Nerd On. What's going on everybody? Welcome back to Nerd on the Podcast you didn't need but you deserve and we're all All levels of nerd are welcome. Before we get into the the meat and potatoes of this episode, we we've, we've got a we've got a guest today. Dude, very very excited, I'm, pretty pumped. I'm very glad that Josh
2: is. We have a special episode. We
1: have a special episode. Cuz none of them are special,
2: but none all of them. them are special. This
1: is episode 211, the 210 before.
2: Forget about them. Garbage.
1: Don't. Trash man. <laughs> rat, <laughs> wow.
3: Rat shit. Throw it away.
4: Actually, they're really good. So trash
3: shows for them. bastard people. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, before become? we
1: get into this episode, we are going to introduce the host. I am Josh. I'm uh, Tom. I'm Caitlin. I'm Corey. <laughs> and this episode is brought to you in part by the members of the NerdOn Nation that is powered by Patreon. Patreon. As a member of the Nerdon Nation, you do get fun perks. Like you get early access to these episodes, you get bonus episodes that nobody else hears. What like kind of episodes? E- Jesus Christ, let me talk, Tom. But what kind? <laughs> the extra, where we break down some sort of topic in like twenty to thirty minutes. Uh we've talked about our lives um, and candy our live. and our
4: favorite games and what kind of mugs we like the most. And um um yeah, our that favorite kind of, stuff. Kind of flowers, yeah. maybe
1: yeah that kind of stuff and we also <laughs> we also have the minute where we break down something in 60 seconds. my personal favorite yeah it's a lot of fun uh, it's sometimes it's very hard to like uh, and done we should do a nerd
3: on minute on what's the meaning of life? Oh, See what we can do in shit. our 12 seconds Damn. Someone's gonna
4: say 42 to try and cheat yeah, yeah
1: but uh yeah so check out The Nerd On Nation it does help us to grow It helps us to be the best that we can be Upgrade our content make better content For you Yeah, That's what we like to do we like to make content So yeah check it out nerdon.tv Backslash Patreon And check out our Discord You can always continue the conversation if there's ever An episode that you're wanting to like Oh I wanted to say this thing Go over to the Discord. There is a channel for everything from Literally. movies, TV shows, comic books. There's even food porn. There's uh, people talking about technology. There's all sorts of really fun stuff. Even if there's a meme that you're like, oh, i got to share this with people, you can post it right there. So check that out. And yep. A, yep. um honorable mention to Odyssey Embody Audio. Embody
3: Audio. Embody Audio.
4: Just you. I wanted to stare at you
3: while you did it.
1: And Apogee. Don't stop never stopping. Yep. Yep. But... Today we have a guest. I'm so excited. Fabian Nicieza, uh he is the co-creator of Deadpool. Um a, a long comic book uh, career, very fascinating career and how he got started and big shout out. He wrote a novel. So he's we get an to, author. He's he an is an author, author now. He a big fancy word author.
4: He even has an author uh, website. Yes. Mm-hmm.
1: So very excited to sit down with him. We talk about all sorts of things, the, the writing of the book, his comic book career, and we get to talk about what he likes to nerd on about aliens. Yeah. So let's get into it. Let's do the thing. Fabian, thank you so much for joining us on the show. This is very exciting.
0: Thank you very much for having me on this pleasant Sunday afternoon here.
1: Yes. Coming coming to us from the, the East Coast. Yeah, It Repres- looks very beautiful there.
0: It is a nice day today here in New Jersey. Mm. As nice as it gets.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and I noticed behind you, we have the reason you are here. You have a new book out called Suburban and Dicks. And a new
0: banner for my convention. Yeah. Yeah. I, got <laughs> looks I, good. I got the banner and there's, there's not a single convention. I'm <laughs> to but you not, know, you got it yet. here.
1: It looks dope uh you know it's all about presentation you know it's you're getting the use out of it here (laughs) yeah yeah
0: i've I've been pulling i just had it i just got it a couple weeks ago i've been pulling it up for any kind of interviews i do or anything like that (laughs) (laughs) have to use it honestly a fun story people just like this week i got asked to do like a video a quick short video for um the, uh, it's the CBC is doing some presentation award and Ryan Reynolds is one of the people getting a government award wow. for entertainment. And usually they do a, um, a, an auditorium type event, but they can't obviously right now. So they're asking people to provide videos and then they're going to put all that together right. into some TV show. Right. that's going to air on CBC in Canada. And, and I, I really I'm I'm really weighing I want to do my little quick video uh, talking about old Deadpool stuff uh, um, but with the banner for Suburban Dicks behind me and <laughs> with like five or six books all around me. <laughs> Do because, it. because he never once said a word on social media when the book came out. Uh, um, I, <laughs> have I, to. Let, let's just say I might have been led to believe that he was gonna. So, oh. so he because he's so busy selling his phones and stuff. Yeah, so, that man <laughs> mobile baby. I, mobile. I, I'm thinking, I'm thinking how, how completely crass childish and would it be for me to surround myself no. with suburban dicks? You need to have a smoke jacket. That's, uh, that's
3: his sense of humor. It would, it would kill A little it. salute yeah. to Ryan, you know? or, or <laughs>
4: if you have like a slightly open door in the background and there's just enough of it
0: peeking through, just enough peeking through. Yeah, but yeah. it's like, or, wait, or what have, was that? Or maybe, maybe
3: have my kid like show the book <laughs> <like slowly laughs> through the door.
0: Not
5: <laughs> now, not now. Hands walk
3: a, walk through yeah. the yes. background suburban. holding it. Yeah, yeah, as soon as he brings it up, go. We're not here to talk about my new book, suburban dicks. So get back. I are here it? to talk about Ryan Reynolds, not my new book. Yeah. <laughs> be Available
1: everywhere, video. audiobooks are heard. Uh, uh, or or uh, be like a, a smoking jacket and a cravat and open the video reading it. Like, oh, I didn't yeah, see you there. there oh,
0: thank you for interrupting. And then have me. Have, have, have the aviation <laughs> put, put gym pipe, there. My pipe down. Let's talk about Ryan Reynolds. Right? Oh.
4: <laughs> but but about the book. Yes. So uh, this is your first book coming out, correct?
0: It is my debut novel, they call it. I'm so excited. I, I am officially an author now, Ooh. which wow. makes me, I, I'm talking to you. I don't even know if I should be talking to you because I'm an author. <laughs> now. Oh, I see
1: you. I'm, sorry. I'm too good but, for that. I,
0: I'm not sure about the rules. I honestly, I really don't know the, <laughs> yeah. the, the author rules because for 35 years, I've been a writer just earning a living, but now I'm an author. Now um, you're an author. It, it is. It is a, a my debut novel. It's about twenty five years in the making. Wow! Wow! So it's feeling I know good. What it amounts to. Feeling
3: good having it uh, out.
0: Yeah, it feels good. It, it, honestly, it, it's kind of been a wild ride. It, it felt really good to just finish the manuscript, oh, which sure. I never thought I was going to be able sure. to sell. I never thought. And if I did sell it, I thought I was going to sell it to a, a maybe a mystery paperback book publisher. You know, 5K or something, and my wife was like, "Really, you're going to take a year to do that for 5K?" <laughs> so, so I, I I had no illusions because one of the reasons it took me so long to do it is is I never felt confidence in my prose writing. Mm. Um, I, I just never liked what I wrote, and I tried a few times. And I would just trash it. Um, There's at least two or three starts to this novel between 1996-ish and now. And and I always just tossed them aside after 30, 40 pages. Whoa. um, Because I didn't think it was good. I just didn't think it was good. And, And this was the first time I started writing it because I guess I looked at I looked at the mirror and realized that, that this, this place isn't going to get any younger. Something like <laughs> I don't, if, if, I don't, if I don't do it now, when am I going to do it, is but, really what I was thinking. We're our worst critics, and, man. Yeah, really. yeah, but no, it, yes, but I'm also, I mean, I'm also, I've also been an editor. I, I, I've done a lot of stuff in 35 sure. years. I, I have a pretty fair ability to objectively look at my own stuff and say, when I think it's better than other times, when I think it's crappy, when I think it's really good or I'm sad. And at the very least I'm really satisfied with it. Um, so, so I think, I think I had a pretty fair, um, estimation of, of my own prose, and ultimately it it was not my own prose. I realized later is it was me trying to write the way I thought I needed to write a book Uh, or the way I thought and a, a book should sound. And it, it, at, at maybe at one point, 20 years ago, it was really bad James Elroy, you know, and, and <laughs> uh, there's, I said before, there's nothing worse in this world than reading bad James Elroy. <laughs> uh, so, so, you know, so those were the things that didn't click for me. This is sure. the first time I wrote it. And I think I just realized a combination of time and experience and, 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 not giving two fucks, quite frankly, Um, it was it was really just me writing what I wanted to write, how I wanted to write it. I had no editor. I had no I had no destination. I hadn't I had no idea who was going to read it. So ultimately, this is one of the few things I've done in 30 plus years of writing where I didn't have a, a landing point. Nice. with something almost everything i've ever done has been on schedule it's mm-hmm. paid work it, it, it has expectations yeah. that other people have of it um not even the audience necessarily you know a company an editor you know etc um man. so i i just did what i felt like doing how i felt like doing it and the further along i got the more i, I got comfortable with it um and, and i and as a result i i, I was able to f- to finish a, a manuscript the first draft i got to write the end on a book manuscript yeah. <laughs> nice. Where, which was really fun. really cool for me um then the process of trying to sell it becomes a mm-hmm. completely different yeah thing but you know it, it's funny the book came out in june of 2021 and, and it's something my first draft was finished i think um i think in january of 2019 was when oh, i finished wow. the first draft
3: okay
0: i started. i started october 2017 i know that because my original folder has the date that i opened wow. it up <laughs> wow. um, and, and i think i finished it in january of 2019 and it, it wasn't that it took me so long because I'm i'm a slow writer by any means it took me so long because it wasn't my primary thing for right, so an entire right. year it wasn't the only, I had paid paid work to do and I had other stuff. So I'd sometimes, sometimes I'd go a week or two with only tink, you know, just tink, hitting the keyboards for maybe an hour or two, you know? Wow. Um, so so the, the writing process was really rewarding. The, the, the self editing needs, not as rewarding. <laughs> yeah. Right. Very edu- <laughs> <very> <laughs> educational. Um, I, I had, I hired on, on the advice of Alex Segura, who was the president of Archie comics for a while and had has written multiple novels while he was also running a comic book company, which I found incredibly impressive. He, he gave me some advice and feedback. He recommended it as a freelance editor for me to hire, nice. um, and, and and she read the book and gave me really good notes on how to how and where to cut. Um, yeah, and I had to cut a lot. I had to cut a lot. <laughs> so it's nice I, to see a second I, set
3: of eyes on it, for sure.
0: It, it was verbal diarrhea. I couldn't, <laughs> I, I couldn't believe the lessons I needed to learn about about prose because I've been so used to working as a writer in a visual medium where so much of it gets taken care of sure. before yeah. you by the artist. You know, um, 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 so so I spent months cutting it and got an agent and sold it at uh, the end of 2019. We had multiple publishers bidding on it, wow. and clearly we decided to go with Putnam. Uh, and, and the story there is also that Put- Putnam Berkeley Publishing is the first company I worked for out of college. Yeah. Oh, um, amazing. That, wow. You were
4: with them for years. And, and get re- year get two, ready
0: right? for the date, 1983. Oh, so you, yeah. <laughs> Quiver. You mean people worked back in 1983? <laughs> Crazy, yes. I know. The world existed? We had jobs and we had cars and everything back then.
3: Um, another and, one of these novels and, he's and, working on that's no that's true yeah
0: because because um because it was the first company i'd worked for out of college i thought there was a nice little story for me there a nice little sense of yeah, yeah. Full circle kind of they're publishing my first book you know?
1: yeah yeah um awesome. before we get too far into like digging into the process of writing suburban dicks can you give our because we've been tiptoeing around your your career so some of the notable things comic books you, you've been working in comic books for a long time, including co-creating Deadpool. Yes. Um, just wanted I, to get kind of a rundown of your career a little bit up to this point.
0: Uh, I've been in, in the comic book industry since 1985 when I got a full-time job at Marvel Comics. I was Marvel's ad- advertising manager for about five years. Uh, that meant I was responsible for all of the house ads promotional posters flyers co-op ads all the stuff that um promoted the comics in the comics or at the direct market level um and and i did all that through the late 80s and and that it's kind of a high burnout job um Mm. so after five years i decided like an idiot to to accept an offer to be an editor um and i became (laughs) became an editor at marvel uh, on mostly their licensed titles um back then it was Alf and Ren and Stimpy and uh, Barbie and William Shatner's tech world. I wanted all the books that were not like what I was writing at the time, Mm -hmm. Uh, because while I had a full-time job at Marvel, I sold my first story to them Mm. uh, as a writer freelance in 1987. Um, Although they don't do it now, back then, if you worked on staff, you were, you were allowed to sell your stories to, to the editors. And they don't do that now. Um, and and I just started to build the body of work as a freelance writer for the editors, different editors at Marvel, mostly doing inventory stories. Um, You know, they, they were full completed stories that sat in a drawer until the schedule broke down. And then you, ha- you just had a whole complete issue. You could just pop right into the schedule yeah. and publish it. That's um, nice. So as a result, back then, Jim Shooter, who was the editor in chief, had had a rule that every editorial office had to have one inventory stories sitting in their drawer ready for use and if you use it you got to get another one started so that's where we always tried to get the gig mm. the, that was the work that the assistant editors or or anybody else in sales and promotion any or in the bullpen in production anybody who's trying to become a writer um and and, and you know little by little one thing to another i, I got a monthly book real fast which was Force for a variety of reasons um not necessarily talent uh (laughs) i was a monthly writer of cyforce until until the new universe line was ended and then i just kept selling my stuff little by little uh until i got my first real big break which was uh new warriors which Mm -hmm. uh debuted in 1990 and and after that i continued to write for marvel a lot uh at one point i was writing about six or seven monthly books with a full-time job which is kind of crazy Yeah, I didn't I never once said they were good books, but I was writing six or <laughs> But seven. I was but getting done. You had the output. Um and that included X-Men, X-Force, Cable, uh, uh New Warriors, Nova, Night Thresher, Nomad. I had my whole ends. Yeah. Uh, I also wrote the Deadpool limited series. The first uh one at that time called The Circle Chase. I was writing a bunch of annuals also at the same time. So all of that that concentrated insanity was roughly between ninety and ninety five. And oh, then wow. I really pulled I really pulled back and scaled back a lot um because I I I, I wasn't suffering a an, an emotional breakdown, but I was certainly suffering from exhaustion. I think oh, okay. so yeah. that
3: sounds sustainable long term. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I just started to quit one book after another. I got fired. I only got fired off one, which was nice. Um, mm-hmm. Nomad it's got canceled. All that. <laughs> um, I quit Night. I quit Cable. I quit Night Thresher. I quit <laughs> Nova. I quit New Warriors. I got fired off X Force. And I quit X Men. So there's your seven there titles. There you go. Right there. <laughs> um, and all of that happened like in a couple of years span. Um, and, and then I became uh, editor in chief of Acclaim Comics, which you know is Valiant Comics. Yeah. Uh, but there was a, a short window there in the in the mid to late '80s where they were purchased by video game company Acclaim Entertainment, who renamed the comics Acclaim Comics. Um, so I was the editor in chief there, and then I became the president and publisher. Uh, a year after that, but I was only there for a little over two years. And I initiated the closing of the company basically, because I, we were not, we were not generating the revenue that we were supposed to be. And we weren't going to be generating that revenue Mm. either. And I didn't I, I, I didn't want to lie sure. to the parent company, even though the parent company was asking me to lie. Um, <laughs> oh, my God. Because, because if, I, if you present a budget and the parent company approves the budget, then the shareholders see that budget and they all nod and they, oh. they pat each other's back and the stock stays solid. <laughs> um, oh, man. And then you don't get in trouble until a year or two later when you don't make those numbers. Of course. And I didn't. Uh... I, I, I kind of, at that point, I felt like getting in trouble then not not two years later yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, let's just
1: get this so, done with
3: <laughs>
0: this yeah, this so thing, I, right? I basically i basically initiated the process by by delivering a true budget wow and that, that, that sounds so bizarre fascinating. That's a, that's um, such... I, I, you know it was great though I, I, look I, it I had a layoff of 23 out of 30 people and uh, many of them friends and many of them people I'd known in the industry for a little while. Um, and it was a really good group of people, all of us working together there, but we were not going to sell. I knew we weren't going to sell, so I wasn't going to lie. Yeah. Um, I, I learned a tremendous amount, uh, but of course. I, I walked out the door in 98 um, with no job in front of me. I just, I, it was, I was done. Uh, we relocated from New York, from Manhattan to uh, Long Island, where the parent company was. I gave it four months to resettle the remaining employees in a makeshift comics division. And after four months, I think it was June or July of, uh, 80 of 98, I, I walked out the door and I was done. I the rearview mirror, like I'm leaving yeah. Glen Cove Long Island and it's in my rearview mirror and I'm wow, like, Bro. Here. um, and that was on a Friday, and on a Monday, Marvel called me up and asked me if I wanted to write a new Gambit book. And I had nothing at the time. I, I, I didn't honestly. I was lucky. I didn't need to work that Monday, but I, <laughs> I realized I have to do something. Yeah. So I said yes. And then all of a sudden, I guess I was a freelance writer. You know. Yeah. Right. I,
5: yeah. yeah. I, well.
0: If yeah, I, can have... I didn't give myself a chance to figure anything out. I sh- Maybe I should have taken a year off. I don't know. At but, least um, a week, man. Right <laughs> at
3: least a week. So yes.
0: At least a week. So, so I, I wrote Gambit. I wrote Thunderbolts. I wrote some stuff for DC. Uh, then in 2004, uh, I, I started uh, the Cable and Deadpool monthly comic, uh, which ran for five years. Yeah. Um, and I wrote 50 issues of that. Four oh years. Goodness. I, and I, ran, I wrote 50 issues of that. And that was when um ryan reynolds became familiar enough with the character that he became interested in in, in accepting the glamorous role mm-hmm. yeah. in the wolverine yeah. Origins movie. Uh, <laughs> and, and um and, true and then, to the comic then, book source baby <laughs> yeah it, it, it was it was quite the experience to watch that, that was at that point that was um that was well, obviously well before Disney bought Fox, but it yeah. was also before there were problems between Fox and, and Marvel, right. which mm-hmm. developed later on. So at that time, the two companies were still in good enough um, relations that we would have screenings for Marvel people nice. for the Fox oh, cool. movies. We yeah. went to we went to X-Men screenings and stuff like this. So there was a Wolverine screening at the Ziegfeld in Manhattan in the afternoon, I think on a Friday or something, four o'clock or something like that. And into- and the, the theater was full of all Marvel people, you nice. know? And the, the movie ends oh, and gosh. the lights go up and I just see and I'm sitting, I'm sitting toward the back as freelance free- freelancers always get pushed to the yeah. back of the, uh, uh, true. the of theater, it's true. all the Marveling people are in the middle and all the licensors are, are closer up front. The <laughs> yeah. business people get the better seats, right? Of course. Um, and, and I just see dots of faces from people I've known for 10, 15, 20 years, <laughs> yeah. all turning their heads, looking for me <laughs> just, so they, ju- just so that they can go like this. <laughs> oh, we're, sorry what did man. they do to and your you, boy and, and, you're, and you're like you're like what are you gonna do i, I didn't yeah. write it i didn't direct it i didn't, <laughs> I, didn't I got no control over it yeah, sure. i left i left the theater and all i was thinking of was oh well there goes any chance of ever getting a deadpool movie wow you know Never because we ever. all
3: thought
2: man Never say never, baby. Uh, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta the, ask. Go the ahead.
0: difference for you guys, though, is you all thought we'd never get a Deadpool movie. Uh, I guess that's a bummer. I like Deadpool. I thought we'd never get a Deadpool movie. That means I don't get a check. Yeah, right, right, right. right. <laughs> it's a little
3: added. Uh...
0: <laughs> because when it's there's sensitive. a Deadpool movie, I get a check. Sure, right. sure. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> the dynamics are slightly different. <laughs> like kind of skewed for you to care a little, little
4: bit more. fanboys.
2: <laughs> <Yeah, right. laughs> <laughs> uh, so a little truth. bit less invested
3: so sure. true. it
4: makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Um,
3: so I got. I got. I got to ask. uh w- I, With all this writing, I, I, where did the seed of of being a writer get planted for you? Like, when was that a realization? um
0: You know what? I I, I started reading comics, or or at least looking at comics, yeah. when I first came to the United States. I was four four and a half, 1966. My brother recognized batman and superman from the tv shows we mm-hmm. watched in argentina and wa- asked my parents if we can get the comics and we we had very little when we first came here because my, my dad had to find a job when he came here mm. um and then we came after uh, a few months after he got a job um but the comics are 12 cents so that was okay they, they, right. could, they could spring for a comic or two at 12 cents a pop um and and, and we just really became, uh, enamored. We fell in love with the entire medium, the, 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 the storytelling the, through visuals. Um, we learned how to read and write English a lot faster because we were reading the oh, comics. Yeah. Oh, fascinating. Um, and my brother and I always drew because my father was an engineer, but he was an artist too. Um, he did a lot of sculpture work and he did a lot of painting work, but more as a, as a hobby than anything. But mm-hmm. so he never discouraged our art. Hmm. He, and my brother, my brother drew and he's three years older than me. So I drew too, you know, he kinda, and I try, try to yeah. top him. Of um, course. And by the time I was 10 or 11, I was already like telling, writing stories or telling stories. And I wanted, I realized I wanted to be a writer um, hmm. and more than an artist. Cause I never thought I'd be good enough. I, I, quite frankly, I probably thought it was too much work to be a good artist. <laughs> and, um, so I, so I never, I never developed, I, I I never developed enough as an artist where I could do it professionally by any means, but I always I developed enough as an artist where I could put something down on paper to show the artist what I have in mind. You know? Yeah, so nice. I've done a lot of I've done a lot of cover layouts, I've done a lot of a lot of advertising and promotional poster layouts I did. Uh and it was just to give the artist the idea of what I have in mind and let the professional draw mm-hmm. it properly cool. or paint yeah. or paint it properly. And I've also designed a lot of character costumes and things like oh, that wow. in my time. Some better than others, but but I've always <laughs> done that. So I've always I've always thought visually, um, but but I really, really liked uh, the telling of the story, the creating of the, the, the characters, a the plot. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I distinctly remember when I was in high school, uh, um, I was reading a book. It, it might have been a Stephen King book or it might have been a Clive Cussler, Raised the Titanic book. And, the, mm-hmm. uh, and I looked at the author picture and I thought to myself, wow. He's an old guy. Like to, <laughs> Stephen King's probably in his mid to late thirties. Right right, right, right. But, but, but I'm, I'm like 14. Oh I'm going. He's an old guy. I guess you have to be an old guy to become a writer. You're oh. not. And, and and in my feeble little teenage mind, what that meant is you're not gonna you're not gonna get handed a writing job at a high school. Sure. You're, not gonna, you're not even gonna graduate college and look in the New York Times classifieds. There were classifieds back then in a newspaper. You actually had to read what? the job listings. That's so in like a weird. Newspaper it's like an classified. iPad, right? It's like an iPad? A little bit- it's kind of like a paper iPad. Yes, wow. it is. Interesting. Um, and, and, Crazy. And there's not a single classified in the New York Times that said novelist for hire. Right, right, right. I was like, Hi, I'd like to be a novelist, please, <laughs> preferably science fiction fantasy. So, Thank well, you. Do you. you have anything yeah. for that? <laughs> so so you, I realized at a young enough age that it made a difference in my outlook that yet you gotta get a job. So how about getting a job in a career that gets your foot in the door or mm, close yeah. to the opportunity um to become a writer? Oh, you figure at that some early, point, some figured yeah, that out early some way. Yeah, so my my major at college was communications, mm-hmm. uh Rutgers Rutgers Good University. Yep, University. That does come up in the book, um, yep, yep. I, I am um, I, I communications, public relations and advertising was the core track that I I, I went to. I tried to get an, a job at ad agencies out of college and I couldn't get a job because I, <laughs> all they wanted was was assistants who knew how to type. And I honestly couldn't type. I'm a, <laughs> I, I'm a writer and I, I type really fast, but I don't I don't i'm not a training more of a creative type. brain um, part of you right yeah yeah Plus and, and f- fast fast fingers really yeah. fast fingers um <laughs> and, and um and, and as a result i got a job in paperback book publishing at, at berkeley publishing um hmm. in the production department which was kind of like almost the lowest of the low you can get um and, and and i realized okay i got my foot in the door i will try to become a writer once i get the lay of the land but yeah. i'm 23 years old Right. Uh it, back then we didn't think we needed to become billionaires by twenty-three. We <laughs> we back, oh. back then we thought your starting salary at a college is nine thousand five hundred a year. Wow. Getting to eleven five is a step up. You know what I mean? Right. So, wow. so um so that's really that's uh, literally how I started. And um I was at Berkeley for two years. I, I went from production to managing editorial, um and, and I was about a month away from starting to do some spec manuscript work, sample chapters to show the editors who were responsible for the serialized um, genre books that we did Mm -hmm. under pseudonyms. So there was a (laughs) Nick Carter spy series and a long arm and gunsmith Western series. And they came out with a new one every single month. They had maybe four or five or six different people writing them. Gotcha. And, and and it's all under a pseudonym. So you're not getting credited for it. You don't necessarily want credit for right, some right, 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 right. Um and, and I thought this is my way here to break in as a writer, because if I do it, they pay 500 bucks, which is honestly nothing. But when you're making 10,000, 500 bucks is you know a lot and and it, the, the, the most important part is it opens the door it shows the editors that you're professional that you can put words together that you can put stories Manage together deadline. you understand you hand it you hit your deadline they understand they see you understand the character um all of that kind of stuff um and, and i was about i i, I really remember this day i already started <laughs> to break down some ideas for longarm and gunsmith and one for nick carter um because i kind of really wanted to do a western so the two of the first two Mm -hmm. are westerns um and 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 i found out from a friend at berkeley who had a friend working at putnam which was the hardcover sister company uh hardcover softcover um and and, um that he had a sister who worked at marvel who was looking to hire Uh an intern, or not an intern looking to hire an assistant and i thought OK, I, I I interviewed at Marvel and D.C. out of college, um, actually the two rounds of interviews at both places, three rounds at Marvel. Uh, and I didn't get either job for legitimate reasons. I didn't have the experience. They needed somebody with a little more experience. Right. Um, so I, I, in August of 1985, I interviewed for the job as her assistant in the manufacturing department of the book book division of marvel which is not what you think it is because you think that means trade paperbacks no, and hardcover no. books but they didn't even have those back then it was um it was the fisher price licensing oh, no. line of books yeah. which was coloring books yep. and sticker oh, books and, tin yes. from- uh, no. and 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 no, I—that's not what I want to do. That's not my goal. But right. again, you gotta get your foot, foot in the, the door. door. So she she hired me to do the job. They were actually paying. It was paying a whopping fourteen five. So I went Ooh. from eleven to five. Hey, eleven here's a big five, upgrade. Five. Yeah, we're rolling in the money here guys oh I mean, yeah no oh my gosh i'm i'm just naked in bed rolling yeah. in like six dollars yeah. yeah that's
5: <laughs> a, I had a bed
0: full of money i had like six bills right on the bed a couple quarters um, yeah 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 well the quarters were a little problematic yeah. but anyway we, um so so i i got the job i went uh, i did it for four months i it, it was mind-numbing and not what i was interested in doing the only the only part of it that even touched on the comics end of it uh, was re- being responsible for the manufacturing of the Marvel Press posters. Back then, they used to do four four posters a quarter. Um, really gorgeous, twenty-two by thirty-two. Uh, posters some of them were some of the better covers Mm -hmm. others were original pieces of art done for the press poster program so uh, you remember the classic mike zek punisher number one painted cover where he's got the two guns and he's firing away we did that that was a 22 by 32 press poster you know um so 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 that that was the only tangent i had into comic book editorial and Four months into the job, I found out that the guy who originally got hired in '83 instead of me for the promotions job was looking to hire an assistant, and his uh, name was Steve Saffel. And I I interviewed with him, and he hired me. So I moved over from nice. I, I, the, basically the poor woman who hired me. I stabbed her in the back, oh. and I moved over <laughs> oh. to promotion. Well, uh, you know, you get hired, and four months later you leave. That's really yeah. cheesy. Yeah, well, right? that's a. That's a Pretty skanky thing to do to her, but knocks, I also was taking. But here's the deal: I also took a pay cut to take that job. Oh my and gosh! I, I actually found out a year later that people noticed that at, at higher up in the company. They actually noticed that, like the head of accounting, the publisher. They they realized that I had done that, and wow. that made a difference for me a year later because they started they they thought of me they besides my goofy name, that that choice that I made automatic, well, you know, Fabian E.C.S. stands yeah. out yeah. in the middle of a-, yeah. well, the middle of like, a But a we'll they saw out. you as someone <laughs> who
3: was dedicated rather than just, just a paycheck. Yeah. Right. Yes,
0: yeah. exactly. And that that actually helped me down the road. And I didn't realize it at that time I was doing it. I just wanted to work in promotion and publicity. I, yeah. I got a chance to start doing advertising for Marvel Comics, which is what I went to college to do to begin right. with, you know? Right. Um, so, so in that regard, it was a great entry level into into the company and and into the field. Nice. Uh, I learned a tremendous amount doing that job. I I got to meet everybody within the industry on a retail level, on a distributor level, a uh, licensing level. Um, I, I, I even before I was a writer uh, of any kind of renown, I, mm. I I was kind of deeply embedded within the industry already, just because of my responsibilities with
1: Marvel's advertising. Nice. That's my awesome. Good. Um, well, I mean, now you get to add author to, to your, your biography. And, um, I've always been, <laughs> have your, have your
2: picture on the patent. Yes. Back of the book. Uh, I've <laughs> always been,
1: <laughs> <laughs> I've always been very interested in the, cause my brother-in-law, he is an author and the inspiration for his fir- first book was a nightmare. I'm curious. What was the inspiration for suburban dicks?
0: Uh, a, a gun club that that had lit, existed on the other side of a pond, uh, behind a new new housing development that went up, and I happened to move into one of those new houses. Mm, and whoa. the gun club had been there for fifty years, and we didn't know that occasionally they would send a bullet or so our way. <gasps> um, wow! And and the neighborhood tried to. Ban their outdoor shooting. Makes they had sense. an indoor range and outdoor berms, and we lost in the town council five to four uh, to prevent them from having outdoor shooting anymore. Uh-huh. Um, and and as a result of losing that, uh, it, at the time it, it really annoyed me, obviously, and soured me on the the town the town po- political process. But one of the key aspects of the fight was that it really felt like a newbies versus a
3: townies
0: kind mm-hmm. of a conflict. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. Even though, even though the membership of this club, which again, and out, out of due respect to them, they've been there for 50 years. Okay. It's not their fault that all these farmlands started to sell and turn right. into little McMansions, but <laughs> only about 20% of the club's membership were, were West Windsor, New Jersey residents. Oh. And, and that's where we lived in West Windsor, New Jersey. And it felt really odd to me that people from East Windsor or Jamesburg or Robbinsville These external are coming places, to, yeah. to our town council meeting protesting their right to shoot and occasionally send a bullet at our houses, yeah. you know, um, and, and, and so the loss really annoyed me and soured me, but, and the police department was involved in that too. And they were really lackadaisical about this because they shot at the damn gun run gun range. Um, and, and so tw- this is 1995 guys. And, and right. I had, I, I can't, uh, I have a, actually I have a friend who's a, a comic book writer, um, who told me back then I know a guy who can burn it down. Yeah. <laughs> he, 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 he meant it. I know that he knew a guy who could burn Those it down. Those are the friends you um, keep, though. Yeah, yes. Yeah. yes. Those are the friends, yeah. And I thought to myself, hmm. no, well, I know. I can't uh, no. Um, I could, so but... I realized I, I can't burn them down. And I'm certainly not going to go in shooting because they're a freaking gun club. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, but I can come up with a story where I get revenge, you know? And that was the impetus of that book right there. Uh, What if an old crime was found Mm -hmm. out that ended up damaging the police and closing down the gun club? And that was my revenge fantasy. And the whole story, the characters, the the beginning, middle and end of the plot, all of it came, came together in that moment. And I subsequently sat on it for 20 something years, but, um, but, but that was the impetus of it. And it evolved. The gun club became a really much smaller aspect of the whole thing because the focus really shifted quite a bit more toward the police department and the the township administration, but it always was a newbie versus a townie Um, argument. and I'm glad I waited because this is set in my hometown where I live. The, the, the West, that, there you go. That's West Windsor, oh, right? Wow. there. Wow, that's, beautiful. That, that's my backyard. And I live in West Windsor, New Jersey. God, we got to have a West barbecue Windsor.
3: there.
0: <laughs> that looks wonderful. Yeah, I, actually, I got rid of my grill because it was rotting. Got, <laughs> I'll bring I, um, mine, man. I, I've been in the West Windsor Plainsboro area since 1988 because my wife used to work for the state house uh, for the, the state government. Mm. And, oh, wow. and I just needed a way to get into New York city and, the Princeton Junction train station is right here, yep. uh, so I would take the train into Manhattan to go work at Marvel um, or Acclaim. While, while you know she drove two minutes down the road to get to of her the office, story um, coming in right so, now, so, <laughs> train face. So the, the whole train face. There you go. It's all it's all based. You, if I turn ambient sound off on on my um, earbuds, you may hear the clang of the train oh, pulling wow. into the station because I'm only seven tenths of a mile from the train right now. Oh um, my gosh. And, 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 and you just, it it, 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 I got to write what I know, which really helps because right. what I wrote is relatively accurate through the skewed sarcastic perspective mm-hmm. that I, that I like to bring to things. I wonder why. <laughs> um, and, 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 but having waited as long as I did, I think was definitely for the better uh, of, of the book because the town itself has evolved more in keeping with what I needed it to do do in order to make the story even more. <laughs> they did pungent. it for you. Um, yeah. They did it They for did you. it for me. Like in the nineties, <laughs> we were maybe 35, 30 to 35% Asian population. I think we're close to 70% now oh, wow. here. Um, that makes a big, yeah. Power. <laughs> <laughs> and, and my kids, my kids grew up in a school system with, with, with a lot of diversity um, regarding it. Asian, Asian population and, and Hispanic population, uh, even even um, Russian and European population, less so African American population in this area. But it all helped kind of inform the book in a good way. It helped inform the tension, uh, which is bad tension, but it informed it in a good way. Right, right. right I right, was right. Right. the Very soccer, so. I was the soccer coach driving seven kids. Once they started to get older and the parents don't feel like traveling to the games anymore, <laughs> the coach. Has to drag the kids along. Yep. So I'm the one in the minivan with seven kids in my minivan, and quite frankly, I think all seven of them were different, different cultural backgrounds, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. A- and I'm just, I'm a fly on the wall. I'm just listening to them talk the entire time, and and picking up whatever I can about the little buzzing. The, whole the older thing. they, <laughs> yeah, yeah, the modern, absorbing it yeah. really, just absorbing the perceptions. My dad said, or my mom said, you know, and and, and this teacher said. And getting a, a little bit of a flavor for how the different cultures are perceiving, and and not mostly through the parents' eyes and the adults' eyes, because the kids are kids; they they don't care. Right, like yeah, they're right. in seventh grade; they, they they don't give a rat's ass what race <laughs> what race you are, no, what nationality no. you are. They're all just friends playing soccer together and having fun. Um, it's only when we become adults that we become stupid. So yeah. the, Mube, the, yeah. which is ironic, since kids are so stupid anyway, because they, they don't are. know anything. Uh. But they can't even they can't even balance a checkbook for crying out. Out, but they're really much smarter than we are about that kind. Of stuff. yeah um, um and, and and that's where i absorbed all of that stuff for and, and and threw it all into the book
2: yeah i i had to shout out just because in the book you know i'm doing i'm doing the audiobook i have like two hours left and uh i i was just like you know i have to give you props because i am a southeast asian man with a long last name and then so having south kind in the book i was just like you were doing a service for us making sure like, because like the long, and I love when you said about like the, the funny name where I'm like, yeah, like sometimes that's just like a detractor for people to like, I don't want to read your name. Like, cause it's, it's, it's hard for people to approach it. And then having, you know, going through the book and how much you mentioned South Carolina and the, and, and the family. And then I was just like, you know, I really—it was—it's really cool hearing how like all of your surroundings have informed this, and I kind of wanted to know a little bit why choosing to you know surround it around like an Indian person, and and then I, I do like the the townies because you have these two people who are the protagonists, and they're kind of like they're also kind of like the one last ride because they have a history, and then they're kind of still going against like the establishment in a way, so it felt yeah. really really cool. Yeah. So I was like, I wonder where all of those things kind of came in. Well,
0: from you. It, honestly, it it's all it's all fictionalized from aspects of reality the, the i wanted a gas station attendant to be killed every gas station in our town of which there aren't that many actually because they, they limited the amount of gas stations mm-hmm. we can have in our town there's like i think there's like two or three gas stations all of them are indian-owned mm-hmm. operations right and, and and all of the workers are are I think Indian. I don't know. I don't know if they're Pakistani or Indian. So Mm -hmm. that was logical to be the impetus to start the story, Mm -hmm. because if I wanted it to be a townie versus newbie, the majority of newbies were were Indian and Paki um, immigrants to the country, mostly Mm -hmm. uh, with first generation kids being born here. That was back in the nineties. You gotta, you have to take into account that what you're reading today Although it was written, now had been originally developed in twenty over twenty years ago, right. and then percolated on and off over twenty years. So the, the, there's an original gestation of it, and then there's a manipulation of it to take into account any kind of changes or anything I've learned. You know, right. oh, that and, time, and time and is even affected. Pat, essentially, yeah, and not even to pat my own back. Sometimes it's not things I learned; it's just sometimes stupidities I absorbed that I wanted to use, or stupidities sure, sure. Right. I thought that I wanted to use, you know? <laughs> sure. yeah. Um, yeah. and I got Saku's name out of a phone book, it wow. wasn't even a, a, fr- a family friend or anything like that, some of the names I drop in there are people uh, that I became exposed to on and off over the last 20 years, there's a mm. character named Sakuika, in there um who becomes her andy's friend and mm-hmm. she actually plays a much bigger role in the second book and hopefully in ongoing books after that um oh. but safwiko is the name of one of the girls on my soccer team mm-hmm. and i just you know, think it's a great name so i used it you know that kind of thing um so that's where it was all being drawn from the, the saku's name came out of the phone book i just saw it in a phone book by accident and i i remember it was around it was the late nineties. Um, and I remember seeing it in the old fashioned phone book. You guys remember, they used to give the you a big, yellow, yellow page. Yeah, yeah, yeah. oh, oh, yeah. yeah. We could whoa, rip whoa, the pages whoa. out of right. Whoa, 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 whoa. whoa. <laughs> yeah. yeah gave yeah. you a book. Um, yeah. but they actually dropped this giant yeah. book. They were still doing it just, every they year. They, like, <laughs> they were just doing it every year. And by now we got our phones. we like, <laughs> just, just Google it. 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 Yeah. I got the whole thing that right kindling. here in my little hand. Yeah. Here's my phone book right here. Yeah. Um, so, so Saku's name I got out of the phone book, I distinctly remember I was looking for someone's name, not not for writing purposes. I was actually looking someone's name up. Oh. And, and, and I hit I hit Saku Nanantan's name, and I was like, oh, yeah, that's the guy that's got to get killed. Because oh, I yeah. need to write that name time. 70,000 times. Yes. Oh, yeah. More. I'm sure you love <laughs> that decision. I just, it, I just had way. to. And, and it's funny, I got friends who've, been, who've known me for 25 years. With one of my original editors, Howard Mackey, who's a writer of Ghost Rider back in the 90s and all this stuff. He used to make fun of me because in my very first assignment, he was my editor on Cyforce and I introduced a bunch of Russian characters. Mm. And in my feeble lack of experience, I tried to tried to create um English translations oh, pronunciation wise no. of their Russian names. Oh. So we would always have these running jokes. He'd always be making fun of me for the names I was coming up with. <laughs> and and he 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 um he messaged me the second he started reading the book. On the very first page, you're doing this to me. <laughs> it was like, I had given him PTSD. For the oh names. no, my like, you know, friends are for, man. 1987, and it no. was killing him.
2: No, and I, I like how you say that the story kind of came from 1995, even though, like you said, like it's it's grown as and it's evolved as the culture in your hometown has evolved too, because some of the you know sarcastic uh, tones and observations you make in the book are very are, are very clear they're 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 they they're the things that happen today you know like there's a moment where it's like oh what are the black swans like they prefer to be called colors and then another person is yeah. african-americans and it's yeah. like a really cool like, you get to see like the growth and the growth and then and the, the still a progress happening, but, but the, then it's all under the sarcastic tone of everyone's yeah. kind of an idiot
0: and the, yeah that's thank you that's, <laughs> and the sad the sad truth is is that that it's two, two sad truths. Really, I've been asked is the book of comedy is a book of mystery, and I'm always shrug my shoulders. I think of it as a tragedy. It's, <laughs> it's, just, it's, just, it's just couched in a mystery comedy. Yeah. Um, the, the, the truth is that, A, we don't change enough. Mm-hmm. But we change, but we don't change enough. So sure. so I, I could come up with something in 1995 that is that, that follows these themes, and it's not going to change all that much 20 years later. Um, and the other the, the, the I forgot what the other side of it was the, the, <laughs> the other side of the, the, the coin is that we don't like to acknowledge this stuff because it's freaking uncomfortable mm-hmm. to acknowledge. Mm-hmm. And I don't like to acknowledge this stuff in discourse with friends or with, with strangers for that matter, but I, I I can I can couch it and hide through the narrative mm-hmm. through yeah. the book. So it's it's part of the liberation I I grew to really appreciate whenever I wrote Deadpool that that for me from the original onset Deadpool was just a cheap way to get paid. To say all of the the things in my brain that I knew I wasn't supposed to be saying, you know. <laughs> There's a beauty so, to that. So There's a such of beauty you, to that. <laughs> you're getting paid to not have a filter, yeah. which is ridiculous. And when I don't get to write Deadpool, I actually notice that I'm filtering myself, and I don't want to because I need a little bit of that flushing of the system. You got to get words. it out, man. And, and yeah, and the book really, the book really helped me do that. And and I tried very hard. Uh, although I don't think I succeeded as well as I, sh- I, I I should have. I think I did a better job in the second book um, of monitoring that filter a what little heck, bit smartly. <laughs> Um Yeah. I, I you I, know, there, there's too to, many P jokes. There's too many. Body I have to function give you props things. though so, for
4: like uh, for Andrea and uh, uh, Kenny, Kenny, they, especially in the like very early chapters where they're, uh, they have their filter that they don't want to have. Um, mm-hmm. Like Kenny interacting, around, like being around his mom, Andrea with her husband. Like you can, it's so tangible how uncomfortable they are not being who they want to be, and that and comes across. Pretty sure. That comes across like oh, uh, and your and also your you know your past experience of every chapter ends like that cliffhanger, um, that makes you want to just like go on to the next one immediately. You have to. It's oh,
0: thank it's, you. That yeah. yeah, and I I appreciate that thanks because I really do. I, I've been asked, you know, how do, how was it transitioning from comics to books and and prose, and what did you bring from your comic book writing of oh, you it's, know after so, so, so apparent, many years? Though. and to me, the two things that I found manifestly comfortable were dialogue and and pacing, chapter mm-hmm. pacing, um, because the rigid limitations of comic book structure. Uh, with your, with your page count expected to be what it's going to be before you even start the job, you know, you know, it's going to be 20 pages or 22 pages, what have you, you know, that means X amount of scenes that you can include in an, in an issue, you know, that how you have to roll over your scenes in order to keep the pace going. And, you know, you need to end it in a way that makes you want to buy the next issue. Um, And, you know, that's evolved a little in the last 15 years because of the advent right. of trade paperback compilations being such a big draw to how people read the work. But the truism still stands. You want to end it on a on a cliffhanger, not yeah. literally, but on something that makes you want to read. And I've gotten a lot of good feedback from people. And then, honestly, I read the book myself a few weeks ago in hardcover form, and I hadn't read it for months uh, after, after the... Uh, book publishing is very different from you guys. I'm so used to a comic book coming out every month and you're well, already yeah. regurgitating the next one before <laughs> the lesson. Right, 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 but, right. but book publishing is such an elongated process that you go through multiple galleys and you're checking and rereading your work. Oh my and it, it was, it, it was almost painful to me until I kind of, I, I got over the hump and I realized what I, what I, what I had to do. But at, at a certain point, I, I didn't want to read my own work anymore. I'm just like, this is just enough, enough. <laughs> right. yeah. um, I'm starting to hate it. I get uh- I gave it at least, I think, probably about four months, five months since I looked at the book yeah, and then yeah. I read it in hardcover and I was reading it like I would read a book in, and mostly in bed at the end of the day. Mm. And I and I, I honestly was reading it. I feel it's so pathetic I'm saying this. Mm. I feel like a little boy. I'm like giggling. I, I I got to the end of some chapters and I said to myself, just one more chapter. Yep. I'll just read one more chapter. That's pretty and cool. I wrote the damn thing and, and I still wanted to read one more chapter. Which And my editor, Mark Tavani, who's great editor at putnam um and and he handles yeah shout out and he handles a lot of authors and the fact he's been saddled with me is a whole nother matter but he <laughs> <a lot> of, <laughs> it, it's if problem. he's listening to this at any point it's his own fault because he wanted, by the <laughs> um yeah he told me that 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 the pacing is really strong it is and, and and it's interesting because he told me compliment. that the pacing in the second book it isn't as strong, and uh-huh. I know it's not, and I knew it wasn't while I was writing, because the themes of the second book are very different mm-hmm. than the themes of the first book, which it, it lends itself less lends itself less to like cliffhanger chapter drops and more to questioning slash contemplative chapter drops because the theme the theme the themes of the first book are are white flight and white fear of cultural change right the themes of the themes of the second book is stilpifying boredom of marriage and suburbia Uh, i wondered
4: yeah not to not to prejudice the book, <laughs> uh,
0: <laughs> but it, but it, it's about it's about the the numbingness of the day to day repetitiveness, uh, week to week, month to month, of of suburbia, <laughs> kids being and, on a crime scene, uh, the, yeah, all that stuff. So so the, the the murder really involves the the inspection of marriage, uh-huh. um, not all not only Andrea's own, but but of her friend who she thinks is the killer. Uh, of her own, of her of you know, her friend's husband dies, and mm. it's it, it's a heart attack. He died of a heart attack. Why does Andrea think that you know her it friend might, killed her husband? Yeah. And, and then we go from there. Um, but but so the themes of the second book don't lend themselves to to the same kind of kind of uh, pace. But uh, you know, just having finished the line edits this week, I'm I'm still happy with it. Because, <laughs> um, I'm glad. I'm, I'm glad. Gla- it's a different book, but it's the same. It's the same overall tone and feel to everything, you know, because it's the same characters, same setting, same everything.
4: I want to give you a shout out for just how you write in general, because a lot of books can be about a thing and they'll talk about the thing. And then he said this thing, she turned and there was a thing. They said this thing, everything that you, everything that you read in this book has life to it. Mm -hmm. The tea that she drinks has a life to it. The van that she drives has a life to it. The gas station that they're at. Everything is so uh, like your experience working with such a visual medium before is so apparent in your work because everything has that kind of graphic quality to it. Mm-hmm. I think that's I can, what the pros thing you're talking about. see yeah. and feel and, and hear and uh, taste like everything that's happening, which I feel doesn't happen enough. So I just really want to shout out that because I've enjoyed it very, very much. Thank right.
0: you. You know, again, I think that, I, I really do think that's as much the comic book experience as anything else, just because you're limited by your word count uh, on a per panel basis, per caption, per balloon. You you, you kind of got to get to the point sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it's funny you mentioned that because one of the things that changed for me writing the prose is the realization that I didn't n- need to think like we were talking about before, I didn't need to think like an author. I didn't need to think that I had to mm-hmm. devote two pages of description yeah. to a room, you know, Um, and, and writing prose writings actually changed quite a bit in the last 25, 30 years, because they have, they have really simplified a lot of that in prose writing because mm-hmm. they had to, because people don't have the patience anymore for yeah. that. Mm-hmm. It's funny after, um after the incredibly bad, version of the stand just appeared on mm. on on cbs all access i went back and reread the stand for the first time in forever um and, and i actually didn't realize it but the one i downloaded was uh, apparently a a, a longer version of the stand <laughs> like an original one additional 400 pages <gasps> it, it, was, to oh, the, oh, it wow. was the snyder and,
2: cut of the of the stand.
0: i mean <laughs> yes it was a snyder, yes. to your point, I, remember, I, I i i was reading i'm go ahead go oh, ahead, go ahead go. I just—I was reading it, and all respect to Stephen King because he deserves all the respect in the world. But I'm going through three pages of a a room description, and and, and, and that room's not going to appear again in the book Mm. because it doesn't. It's 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 one of the the houses in the Midwest, and and you're like, "Holy crap! Why am I reading this? Why am I I? I don't need to know the details of that room." Because he busted it out in
3: a year. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, I feel the same way about I think, Tolkien. I love Lord of the Rings, and I'll read it every once in a while. But goddamn, <laughs> yeah, has writing changed a little bit? <laughs> yeah, little it has. Yeah, I, I'm afraid of rereading
0: the, the Tolkien stuff I, because I don't, I don't want, I don't want to. Change your have feelings. My about original it. thinking of a change yeah, at all. The dude can, can describe
3: um, a rock for days. I mean, <laughs> you really know that rock by the end of it. Intimately.
0: You, you do. Yeah. You feel almost like you know it intimately. <laughs> <know.
3: laughs> Um,
0: we, um, Mom, I'd like to introduce you to. It
4: the rock. Doesn't have a name, but I know what it looks
2: like. <laughs> we yeah. are we are at a point where we can go to our the, the next. Oh, segment speaking of, of other works, show. right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, so we're gonna we're gonna violently switch to the second part. Get which, a new banner
0: behind me, so I gotta go get Yeah, you if song. you have one, please. Yeah, yeah. Um,
2: where we're gonna. I
0: got two,
3: I got two others. <laughs> oh my goodness.
2: Um, uh, where we're gonna talk about uh, something you can get your nerd on about? Yeah. Uh, okay. Which was a film uh, that you suggested, and what? film was that
0: josh
1: we're doing aliens yeah we're to talk a little bit about aliens yeah. um we always that like that
0: would be the second aliens. yes aliens
1: yes not
0: the original alien and not the fincher one
1: yes <laughs> no, no, um,
0: no not that one no.
1: <laughs> uh, we always like to with our guest if anybody's joining us that is new to nerd on the podcast anytime we have a guest on the show we like to we don't want it to just be an interview we want to we want to have them get their nerd on and and talk about something that they're a fan of. And when I, when we were talking with uh, the person that was booking this interview, they were like, Sydney, Sydney, they uh, listed some movies and we all went aliens. Yeah. Let's talk about aliens. So um, one of the things that we, we start these conversations with is what were your first impressions? Mm -hmm. Like when you first saw Uh, it, like,
0: well, the, 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 the first impression is partly colored by the sheer joy and fun of the day in which we went to see it um we were at marvel at the time and we had half day fridays uh which publishing used to have a lot back then and we often went to go see a movie friday afternoon once work let out um and about the day it was released because back then you didn't have thursday night previews i think the movie came out that friday um We we we, about twenty or more of us got together right after, and some of it was osmosis. Hey, what are you guys doing? You going out to lunch (laughs) now? We're going to see aliens. There's a two thirty show. Oh, yeah, come on! So, like twenty of us (laughs) from Marvel are all going. That's awesome. um, from 27th Street up to Times Square, so we took a subway. Wow. Half of us wanted to walk, half wanted to take a subway because lazy comic book schlubs. <laughs> um, and, and I remember we emerged out of the tr- out of the subway station right across from the theater in Times Square, and oh. it, just the mood we all had going into it was so just such a good day. Everyone's Electric. having fun. Jubilant. We're in a good mood. Yeah. We, we can't wait to see this movie. We're curious about what Cameron's going to do with it. Cause we knew him from Terminator and all of us loved the, you know, the Ridley Scott version. And yeah. we knew this was a different thing. We didn't know what it was going to be. Um, I'm crossing the street, and we had to all. I remember distinctly we got to hustle because the light is changing, wow. and there was a guy on the corner in a suit and tie, and he's trying to wave a taxi down. And I high-fived him <laughs> as, I, as I ran like by him, like some John I Hughes type shit. Because he had his hand up, <laughs> and all my all my mar- my Marvel friends are all cracking up. I can't believe you did that. You should have seen the guy's face. I couldn't oh see my his face God. because he was behind me, but I just did a running high five as I ran right by him. Um, so we all sat in the theater in a great mood. And and that automatically colors your perception. Right, right, right. The memory of the day is great. Yeah. Um, I I thought that it was such such a muscular, entertaining reinterpretation of a franchise. Yeah. Without in any way, shape, or form, um, putting down or belittling what it was before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay? It so I I don't think I don't think Cameron was respectful to Ridley Scott's. Movie because I don't think Cameron's that kind of a director <laughs> where <laughs> right, right, he worries right. about being, but but there was not a single thing I felt in Aliens that really mitigated or violated the strengths of Ridley Scott's movie. It was just a different movie, yeah, yeah, and it, in my mind, it was just as good, if not a better movie been ridley scott's version and once again though that's colored by the fact that i worked in a movie theater in high school and alien was playing in the movie theater so you see it a gajillion freaking times in non-linear fashion because you gotta do your doorman job and blah 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 so the alien wasn't a the kind of movie that that stood that kind of viewing because of its shock value needs and 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 the the tension and 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 fear and it built up in its storyline that gets mitigated after you've already seen it number one but but it gets mitigated when you see it in snippets three four times a day you know yeah right Uh, right right. so So this was fresh so my perception yeah my perception of alien is is colored by that um whereas aliens i just sat in a theater like we all do and just watch Took um, it in, baby. The special special effects were phenomenal for the time yeah uh, w- w- which people can't appreciate as much nowadays because we're so jaded by by CG. by um, yeah. the, by overuse. the effects you know um and and I just thought that that it had a real understanding of what it wanted to be and why it wanted to be that
5: mm-hmm. and
0: and I think that it did a great job of entertaining the audience all the way through and for the you know how, how much it's like a rocky movie where you
3: you can't not
0: be rooting mm, like crazy yeah. for ripley by the end of the movie oh, because yeah. her, her arc was fantastic i was gonna say i think he did a
3: great job respecting the, the character arc for ripley like building upon that tenfold from the original
0: yeah yeah yeah, yeah exactly it, it was it was ripley character arc on steroids, right? And 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 yet he started (laughs) he started her respectfully from the place she probably should have been at as a result of the events of the first Mm -hmm. movie. She's traumatized, she's beaten, she's got you know finding out new information. Um, Everything, everything like I I just rewatched the movie. Actually it was ironic. I had rewatched it almost just out of happenstance. Um right before I got the request about what movies would you like? Okay. Oh, wow. And I thought, Oh wait, I just rewatched alien. So it, I hadn't watched it in a few years. So it was fresh in my brain. Yeah. Um, it, I always forget that there's no music cues in that movie mm-hmm. until, until she takes over the, the, the Marine, uh, um, the
2: narrative, yeah. Humvee yeah, um, yeah.
0: yeah. tank yeah. or whatever, and, and pushes forward the, the drive to, to get it moving. That's when the music appears, I think for the first time in the movie. Which is basically Cameron, like she doesn't come alive Mm -hmm. until she decides to take action. And that action is not to save herself, right? Obviously, that action is to save people in distress for crying out loud. I mean, that's like the, the most ridiculously perfect definition of your character yeah. like you know like the, even the tricks of the movie that uh, sound and editing and music are are coming into play to define your character for yeah. you in the audience and, and i think it's subconscious i think cameron even realizes that subconsciously you're not noticing that we haven't had music yet and i'm gonna hit you with this muscular you know bass driven pumping yeah uh, you know military music you know yeah and uh, all with, before with that all
2: all atmospheric it's all just tension building like even with like the the monitor just to have the the beeping going on Mm -hmm. it's like it feels tense and so like you're saying like it it, it motivates a musical cue to happen so that the audience feels charged at the same time yes because we finally everyone in the
0: audience you guys are too young to to really experience it (laughs) everyone in that theater audience felt it Mm, as it happened You know, when that music, when that music hit, it's almost like it sends around you're feeling it vibrating inside of you, you know, because you're you're emotionally invested in the decisions she's making Mm -hmm. so strongly. And we're an hour into the movie at this point Mm -hmm. that after that, it's just nonstop adrenaline in a good way. You know, Um, it's just I just think I mean, Cameron has some flaws always, obviously, um, but he also does some things phenomenally well. Um, and, and I, 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 got to work on avatar behind the scenes, oh, uh, nice. story, story, world development. I've been on set when I've watched him destroy an assistant for screwing up, oh. um, Woo. you know, so, 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 you know, the, I, I respect him tremendously as a creator, even though I acknowledge that he right, might have right. some flaws. Um, I, I thought that the, I just, to this day, how long has it been? 86, right? I, I think it's such a perfectly crafted movie. Yeah. Um, it it, it it hits all the beats so smartly. It it invests you in supporting characters that it knows are going to be killed in a few in a few minutes. Yeah. You know what yeah. I, mean? Like, I mean? How do you like, top yeah. Bill
3: Paxton's delivery, man? Of all of his lines, <laughs> <laughs> every <laughs> line Bill Paxton does. Game <laughs> over, man! <laughs> uh, I mean, and he's your... annoying as
0: hell. Yeah, when I just rewatched it, it. Paxton was annoying as hell. Yeah, you know, it, he's that me, guy. Was Hicks Hicks is the one who has such a great character <laughs> arm because he's so quiet like uh, uh, he's so quiet oh, until cool. the moment where 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 ripley says he's in charge now because yeah. he's a corporal right? <laughs> and, and he's just he just there's this pause where he waits and then he goes yeah she's right like like yeah. the realization <laughs> like, of, the burden of responsibility yeah. falling on him is just sort of like and, and it's just so it's just so well done well, and the fact that he, he shows how much he cares not just for Ripley, but also for Newt, which is really vital oh, because hole. they're not they're mm. not just a they're not just faceless soldier killing machines. You know what I mean? They're, 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 a lot of these guys have heart and soul, which which often you don't bother giving to your supporting characters, you know, yeah. if, if, if they're, they're if they're well, serving, I mean? if they're serving a pu- purely visual, physical uh part of the movie
3: you know yeah and cameron cameron's turn of i just say this real quick tom no, no, please cameron's turn of even changing the ai i mean his his play on the original of where you know the, the ai turns out to be the evil guy and mm-hmm. then bishop comes yeah. along and it's one of like the best characters mm-hmm. in the like best yeah. guy uh, is yeah. such a wonderful twist because i remember watching it for my first time and there's that knife the knife scene yeah where he goes nuts with a knife, and I was like, "Oh, he's going to kill someone by the end of the movie." I know it. I've seen the first one, whatever, but it's just turned on on its head. Like it's just such yeah. a wonderful it, twist to go. Oh, and so cut then, it out,
2: yeah.
5: man!
2: <laughs> and, and I mean, uh, it, it's it's you. It's utilizing a visual medium in such a way because uh, I, lo- I really like you. Get, and you know, everyone waking up from their pods, you see how everyone responds. You know, the sergeant immediately puts a cigar in his mouth, but then yep. with when they're landing or they're dropping doing the drop, and you see Hicks sleeping. Like, it's it's, it's like, so common. Everyone yeah, else is awake. Yeah. And then, some. you know, the lieutenant's like, oh, this is my second one. You know, like, in every single time they have a moment to show, like, okay, what does each character do in these different circumstances? It shows you character of, like, that's how this person responds. That's how this person responds. And then at the end of it, you kind of, like, yeah. know, like, all right, cool. I yeah. know who I like and who I don't like. Yeah,
0: every, But every single one, like, you're talking about Bishop. When when the, the robot who's gonna kill, we all thought the same thing because we all saw the first right. one and, mm-hmm. and the, the for me in the movie I realized he wasn't going to in my in my heart, right? Yeah. When he goes into the, the duct because he has to crawl over to the antenna. To, to to realign the antenna, he crawls into the duct. He's got a flashlight, and Hicks gives him a gun, a revol- a hand, a revolver. Yeah. And he he grabs it, and then he just gives it right back to Hicks. Yeah. Because he he, he can't can. kill anything. He can't even kill an alien. Yeah. He's, not, he's programmed not And in the Hero minute Trip. he did that in the movie, we all like chuckled because uh. we realized this—he's not gonna do yeah. something bad. This yeah. guy. Um. The 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 one you were just talking about um damn i just lost oh gorman gorman mm. who's who's the inexperienced idiot and yeah. played to be the moron and the fool what does he do he goes back to try to get vasquez and and knowing him of all people dies a heroic death in that regard you yeah. know what i mean and it's just like you're you watching this and it's just it just turns so many different things on its ears yeah even paul paul rudd it's right. such a great job oh, yeah, because he was, yeah. a, he was, he was the corporate stooge that you thought was on her side. You right. thought that, that he was an okay guy for a corporate stooge. And then, and then when it just turned the way it did, you're like, Oh, you dick.
5: <laughs> <laughs> you, you, <laughs> you, you, you tricked
0: me. You said you're one of the good <laughs> yeah. ones. <laughs> yeah. And he did such a good job of being such a weasel. You know? mm. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah,
3: man.
2: Uh, I was, was going to say, like, I don't know if anyone wanted to share their a little small baby
1: initial impressions before we ask. Uh, I mean, just, I mean, for me, it's it's one of those. I I worked at a video store for several years. And Hollywood I was, Video, Hollywood Video, RIP. I. P. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I uh, when R-O-G. I started working at <laughs> uh, when I first started working there, I, I was very, very uninitiated, uncultured, and a friend of mine was not. He was seen so many movies, and this was one of those first movies where it was just like when you you're doing your research, you're doing your homework, and,
3: growing as a movie viewer. Yeah,
1: growing <laughs> as a movie viewer. I yeah, I I have so many friends that Aliens is their favorite movie, even just and like. I remember watching them all like just back to back, and it's just like this one always stands out to me. The, well, it goes the from horror
3: thriller to action. It, it, to me, I yeah. call it
1: the Cameron effect because that's what happens with Terminator too. You yeah, know? it's with
2: horror and then turns the action, but then it, it does in a in a weird way for a dude. It kind of has a female forwardness to it where it doesn't feel like it's checking a box, but it really makes it like. You know, Ripley and Sarah Connor are like one of the icons of like, Mm -hmm. you know, female female uh, lead action characters. So,
3: and Ripley planted that seed with Alien because I know he wrote when he wrote the 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 script or whoever wrote it with, none of the genders were named on any of the characters. Mm -hmm. So Ripley, they auditioned a ton of different people, different genders, all that stuff, and then eventually she ended up getting the role, and it kind of, uh, you know, catapulted the franchise to what it is now, where Mm -hmm. it's this action heroine led. Uh, Crazy. I mean, when she comes out in that that suit, I remember watching for the first time and just being so stoked coming out in this like cargo. uh, Yeah. Yeah. The cargo mover. I was like, this is fucking cool. (laughs) This is cool. Stay away from her, bitch.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, other than. But again, they they set that up so smoothly earlier, you know? Mm -hmm. The the, the cargo loader is is actually. A symbol of the downfall of her character mm-hmm. because that's all she could do when she couldn't, you know, be, yep. be running a ship anymore, right? So it ends up being the one thing that she needs to be able to do yep. in order yeah. to save Newton and and herself. It's, it's just damn, damn, damn. Even <laughs> talking about it just makes it. I, I sometimes, from pure craft of writing combined with filmmaking, you know, and, and movie making, I just, I there are things that sometimes to me are just so elegantly and flawlessly constructed and it can be an action adventure movie it could be a comedy it could be a superhero movie it could be a drama but but when when it's nailed for me it's nailed forever like like yeah. there's yeah. i'll be 90 years old and if it's through my drool i will watch aliens <laughs> and and hopefully by then we'll have 3D immersive holographic oh, technology. Yeah. So I'll, I'll feel like I'm in Alien. <laughs> I'll be so old and doddering I won't realize it. Oh, um, I'm going to still appreciate the craft of the movie. Right. You know? Yeah.
2: That's beautiful. Um, oh, man. So, I mean... Uh Kaylin, did you want to share
4: any, any? I saw Aliens first okay. before Alien. Oh, interesting. Okay. Um it was sort of a mistake. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, this is oh this is a lot. She know they know each this other. Is oops. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> this is oops. Um but yeah. <laughs> it, I was just like, this is great.
3: Yeah, it's Go get fun him. no matter like,
4: what. Yeah, I, I did things in reverse. But then then watching Alien was like, well, this is, <laughs> this is different.
2: Oh, this is weird. And and this I was happy. I was
4: much more afraid with Alien than I was with Aliens because I didn't know. How I had no idea that there were
0: different, you know, sure.
4: directors. Sure. I didn't know that they Alien were Alien was a horror.
0: I mean, Ridley Scott wanted to do a horror movie, yeah. and yeah, and he just wanted it to be a science fiction setting as a change of pace. But it's 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 entire construction is out and out a horror movie. You know, oh, it's yeah. Like, so, so it's meant to to just terrify you. It was exactly. You, you guys don't. If you guys had been able to see. The original audience reactions mm. when when the the alien comes out of John Hurt's chest. Yeah. It, 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 we would we would we had it timed so that we knew when it was going to happen at every showing because oh. we wanted to open the door. The doorman and the concession <laughs> guy <laughs> would see. run out from the concession thing. We'd open the door just because we wanted to watch. And every single time, it's it's Captain America holding me all uh, no matter yeah. what. Every single time, the audience just. <laughs> throw themselves backwards oh in disgust God. because it, wow. because and we're talking about back then they were bigger theaters so it was like 750 people Whoa. in this theater and it was always sold out all summer long. Um, we had we had two theaters back then. One had one had Rocky two and one had Alien. Wow, theater. Each theater, every show Titans. sold out almost all Whoa. summer long. It was freaking exhausting to how many people we move through the door oh every day. Sure, um, and, and but and same thing with Rocky too. Any you know like any crowd pleaser movie when he when he when he wins in Rocky two <laughs> spoilers he wins in Rocky two. <gasps> oh and, no! Uh... And, uh, the, the audience erupts in applause. Yeah, and, and, and when the, when the alien comes out of John Hurt's chest is is one of the greatest oh, audience man. reaction moments ever. It's just like sheer sheer horror and fear on the part of human beings who know they're watching on a screen yeah
4: but still man yeah but when you're not expecting it you're just like oh my god
1: some of the horror of the aliens movies is something that we've already talked about is the the sound design and the soundscape mm of it oh yeah yeah yeah, you you feel because when you're there you're when you're watching the movie you hear that hum of the machines and like the every now and then the And you're just kind of there. And then when something violent like that happens, you're like, no, I didn't (laughs) expect that. (laughs) And you're just like, so just like nervous. (laughs) And
0: and because Ridley Scott's a genius, like I think so many directors would have just had it burst out in one gross, big, big pop, right? It actually tore its way out yeah, of John yeah, in the first movie. And yeah. that required Delicious. multiple sound effects of flesh and cloth and bone, all mixed in yeah. together, oh, being God. being pushed. <laughs> two, three, like I think it was four or five yeah. times before the little, little worm guy shows up. Uh, and then yeah. it's not you know, a party wants to go. Oh, what a cute little baby. But at the same <laughs> time metal teeth, <laughs> John Hurts yeah, just acting he got, like, his heart out. Like, rib, rib bones laid out yeah. all over the place.
3: <laughs> so There's also, I don't know if you noticed this, but right before when he starts choking, one of the guy goes, come on, the food's not that bad. Yeah. And it's one of my favorite.
2: <laughs> yeah. <lines>. Yeah. <laughs> it, it reminded me a lot of when the second film, when um, Ripley finds out that she's with a, 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 yep. a, an artificial person. Yeah. Yeah. And then it's oh, like, what's yeah. really not like the cornbread when she throws the the plate off yeah. it's it's like it's, it's, it's the little things. It's 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 referencing it, but not doing the exact same line like hangover yep, one and exactly. two. Yeah. And but I also yeah. I, yeah. I I do have to kind of mention with like Alien One and Alien Two, where I kind of trying to bring it back a little bit to kind of like your talk conversation of prose. Like the really cool thing that happens in Alien One is that it's very atmospheric. Mm, and that you yeah. get a very good feel of the ship, the Nostradamus. And then in uh Alien Two or Aliens, um it's it's much more like you're under you're seeing patterns you're seeing good setups it's like oh this is gonna show up later on mm-hmm. like the cargo loader um you know the uh, illusions of Ripley becoming a mother things like that right. like her face being you know cross faded into the earth like Mother Nature mm-hmm. and it's like. Wow, like James Cameron is operating on a psychological level, not really kind of making the same atmospherics, right? But he's doing that with sound design. He's
3: hijacking your brain a little bit. Yeah, it's yeah. it's really really yeah. cool. One hundred percent. I would say, like to uh, his point but, about the yeah. music, he totally hijacks your emotions mm-hmm. in
2: that. But and he's also like kind of pushing it forward with like I feel like just having the entire marine crew there just like opens this giant wormhole or, or like a uh, can of worms of like character and dialogue mm-hmm. um which you kind of get from some characters in in alien um and, but not much not and as all of it
3: was pretty much improvised too not
2: was... as much other than the oh. yep nope yep. can you say anything other than yep or nope yep nope. <laughs> 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 uh, um but uh other than ripley fabian who would you say is your favorite character oh yeah we do a favorite characters in... on this show so in aliens
0: uh... And probably Hicks. 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 I just, I just think Michael Bean, and, and he actually was hired after they already started shooting. Oh, um, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. They actually shot with um, damn. Uh, I'm, I'm blanking on his name, but he's been acting. James Remar. Oh, um oh. James Remar was originally going to play Hicks. They even there, there's even, um, there's even a scene of the Marines when they're when they're going to get attacked by the aliens, but they're all working their way through the lattice work of, 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 um, of scaffolding. So a bunch of those shots was remar it's oh. just from behind oh. so you don't you don't, you don't see him from behind then they shot then they shot michael bean a couple of times and inserted him into into oh, the, uh, he edits the stuff, yeah. full front so R- remar remar had done over two weeks worth of filming i think when when he had he was having some some substance abuse issues at the time oh. so they basically fired fired him um but but I I just think that I I honestly thought Bean was going to be a big movie star and he never he, he never like got Cal that. Reese, but he's man, he's got some even,
3: great. I mean. Tombstone, tombstone guys oh. oh yeah johnny ringo uh but yeah i would say uh i'll have to agree with that one either I that guess. or bishop yeah I, i'm a huge uh, either either one of those characters for me hits at home if it's not ripley
0: yeah and i also like Daypone a lot too i just you know i just just, just look into my eye was just yeah yeah that's like that's like the great the you know shut up paxton <laughs> you know you just don't, like i've heard i've heard enough of you already you know and, and it's almost good that Pong got killed so early because that gave Bill Paxton the opportunity
3: to keep being a whiny little baby. To just go over the top with it all. And I wouldn't have it any other way. (laughs)
4: <laughs> yeah actually i think Bill, i like Bill, paxton like, for that reason <laughs> he's just, yeah, he was he just had,
0: so extra me, he has the, the best line in the movie for me still to this day it was paxton's line and that's when he when ripley goes this little girl lived here on her own longer than that maybe we should put her in charge yeah, <laughs> because I, in another universe like maybe one where i'm writing the script new actually becomes
3: the leader and she's so <laughs> in charge of everything <laughs> I she, course, it. like, it's I want hard, she gets hard ass at eight years old and yeah. goes, yeah. there's a comic ordering, offshoot somewhere there <laughs> yeah, uh,
0: yeah, ordering everybody around that's the other thing that's the, if we want to that's why david fincher i don't it's going to sound strong when i say this but david fincher should die for what he did in that third alien movie <laughs> you know? but, be, because it's pretty after, strong yeah after the amount of investment creatively that was put into those characters, on the part of the writers and directors and the actors, to just unceremoniously have Newt die all, yeah. and have and have Hicks die when when you open up. I mean, it, it. And I don't understand the hubris it takes to not understand what your audience hopes and wants and the aspirational aspects that all audiences bring to the table. He lost the audience in that movie from the very beginning of the movie. Yeah. Because we're all sitting in Aliens 3 and we realize that these characters that we rooted our asses for mm-hmm. just a couple of years ago are now dead for no reason whatsoever, right? Yeah. It, it, everyone in the theater went, oh man, we, don't, yeah. oh, okay. I, I, we got another I gotta uh, two right hours of this line. shit. Okay, yeah. two hours of this. Okay, right off the bat, he lost, he lost me as a viewer. I know he lost a bunch of people I was watching it with yeah. um, because of that. You know? I, I think so. there's
2: actually a comic book uh, that that's that that takes away that retcons. It doesn't have Alien Three in it, and I think it is with. It starts with Hicks and Ripley, and I think they're looking for a nude again because they land on another planet. I think I, I'm go. pretty sure I remember there is like a, you know, non-canonized comic book. Oh, really? And, you know, I'll have to <laughs> check that out. What if,
0: what if Fincher never got this opportunity to direct this movie? Is I'm, per- I'm pretty, pretty sure. Like,
2: and I think they might've changed Newt's name, but like, it's the same girl. And, and uh-huh.
0: I'm, I'm not a huge fan of speculative what ifs and, and all that, but I might've wanted to take a tackle at that one. Just to get my, my cheap revenge on the gun club. <laughs> That's all I
1: want. <laughs> uh, Josh, a favorite character for you? Um, I mean, they've already been kind of talked about. I uh, there's a there's a joy in that. I like Paxton's character, but uh, Bishop is always going to be like at the end when he when he like for a human, yeah. Mm -hmm. When he just like uh, when they just like you root and they're like, oh, you're gonna they're gonna get away safe, and then what happens to him? And then everything with the airlock. I'm just like, you go, man. (gasps) You go, you saving the day, man. Mine's Apon. All day,
2: (laughs) all day. I love a hard ass. I love I love someone who's gonna be a hard ass and is just gonna push everyone to do it. And it tells everyone to shut up and get the, get the shit together. Wow, like, I wonder yes. why
4: you picked that, huh? It's so good, such a good
2: because he pushes the plot. He pushes the plot. Like things don't <laughs> happen unless he says, "Everyone, move out." You yeah. know, it's like we're starting at z- they say oh eight three three hundred and I'm like, uh, eh, it's zero. You say zero. Yeah. you don't have to say oh,
1: but <laughs> that's just zero. that's just movie military. Sweet, mm-hmm. sweet. Well. Um, Fabian, thank you so much for joining. This has joining been great. Man. This has been so My much pleasure, fun, guys.
0: It's been a lot of fun.
1: Um, before we fun. before we send you off into the world, uh, tell our audience Red where to to, to find you on social media, and also find your book, Suburban Dicks.
0: The bourbon dicks is available where all books are sold, independent booksellers, preferably, of course, but yes. yes. all the other big yeah. stupid box stores too. Mm-hmm. Uh, also available through all of the different outlets that will deliver it to your door, and and give jeff bezos a chance to go to space um so please purchase it uh the second book whose title is still tbd which isn't a great title so we're gonna work on that um is going to come out in summer of next year so more andy wow. and kenny adventures yeah um, you can reach me on my author site. Uh, I have an author site now. Oh, I have, yeah. to have an author website. Yeah. Um, it is ww.fabianisies.com. Hopefully it will be the most misspelled URL on the planet someday. Um, <laughs> we'll put sign links up in the sign up for my newsletter. Uh, I have one newsletter out now, which is the the basically the gestation of the of the book, but uh, my second newsletter I'm going to be working on soon is actually going to be a little bit of a tutorial and include comic plots and scripts for people to take a look Ooh, at. Oh, that's uh, awesome! So they can see the differences differences between plot and full script, which a lot of people ask me all the time about. So I can just steer them to, to that from now on. Um, uh, you can also get me on Twitter uh, at Fabian Niciesa. Please jump aboard if you want a little bit of self promotion on my part and a little bit of politics too, because I do like to do that. Yes. Um, and, and, and hopefully you'll be able to, to start reading uh, my digital comic Outrage, which Ooh. is on Webtoon, the, the free, <gasps> free platform Webtoon. Ooh. We had to take a hiatus during season two so that our artists could catch up and we're working on it now. Half of season two already dropped and we're going to have the back half of season two, Ooh. hopefully uh, coming out by fall. They come out, the chapters drop once a week, so you really gotta bank a lot of chapters before you can start again. But um, oh, Webtoon is a, different... is a free app to download and it's free to read. All of season one, which was 47 cha- uh, 27 chapters, is oh, free wow. to read nice. for Outrage season one. Uh, Outrage is a a character that emerges out of your social media device and smacks the crap out of you. If you're being an ass on social media, oh, um, sounds amazing. Right <laughs> he's a digital construct. Yeah. It's uh, the season one started in 2018, ran through 2019 and now season two, uh, like I said, it's been on hiatus, but, um, uh, the, the whole premise is that once the FBI wants to know what the heck this thing is, it's been appearing all over the country, uh, smacking people around for being idiots. Uh, they want to understand what it is. And once they get involved in wanting to find out what it is, it becomes a kind of a mystery of who is outrage and what is outrage. But then the back half of season one is. Why is outrage? Why? Why why are we like this on social media? That it requires a holographic digital sentient construct to smack the crap out of you. Um, I uh, love it. If only. So (laughs) it includes it includes appearances by several real life people uh, Uh uh Mm -hmm. who don't know they're appearing in it. Uh, (laughs) A lot of of talking news Uh, and pundits. Uh, season two has an entire chapter, which is a little imaginary Donald Trump. Uh, oh, of course. It, it's almost like a Calvin and Hobbes thing where this little kid imagines Donald Trump as his friend. And it's oh, actually um, my co-creator, Riley Brown, was really worried that I was going to go full on didactic, pain in the ass, anti, anti-Republican, blah, blah, blah. And it ended up being a ridiculously sweet chapter because oh. the little Trumpy is, is actually kind of cute and sweet. Jojo <laughs> to the, to the <laughs> jo-
5: Cheetah. Yeah.
0: Um, <laughs> So outrage is available. I want people to check it out because it's 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 a we're pretty proud of it. It's a pretty good comic and it's, we'll go it's a lot of fun right now. fantastic. Uh, so check it out
1: and awesome. And
0: other than that, nothing to announce. I wrote Just, something for Marvel, but they haven't announced it yet because it's part of a, a whole publishing program they're going to be doing. Uh, but I'm writing a couple characters that I've written in the past for them, Ooh. which isn't saying much because I've written every character. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so, um, <laughs> something is but, happening. But
0: it, Yes. <laughs> but it, it, it is two characters together that I am known for in a new publishing oh. venture for them. <laughs> and, and and I'll, I'll be doing a, a, a multi-chapter story within the context of other people doing other multi-chapter stories mm. in this new unannounced publishing venture. They're really annoying guys because I wrote the script back in January and it still hasn't been Can't announced I yet. They're so annoying about their announcements. It's just sort of like, oh, come on, you, you know, get off The damn toilet already. Let's go, you know. <laughs> stop um, scrolling, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the art, the under, half of the art is done in the damn thing, it's like 80 pages worth of material, and half of the art is already done. It still wow. hasn't. Wow, let's go! Uh, wow. So, I, I can't announce it because they'll get mad at me. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so that, that, that that'll be soon. I hope it comes out this year. I hope it, yeah. Hopefully, it'll be soon. Um, and, and some statement. of the stuff i'm percolating that i can't announce yet but i'd be glad to come back anytime sure, yeah we'll yeah. have you yeah. back yeah. Be able there
1: it is. To. we'll have you back man awesome for sure. well Gladly. thank you so much this was such a joy we appreciate you so much thank
0: you you guys were a blessed you guys were great to talk to blue, 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 blue.
3: <laughs>
1: Wasn't that fun? I thought so. <laughs> I'm going to try to make it race. more awkward as we go uh, on. Like, you been doing do. great. I'm, I'm good. It. I'm Look, doing the thing. I've I have religiously
3: watched Tim and Eric for 10 years now, so yeah, nothing. So I'm ready for it all. Okay. See, you don't kill the cringe. You
1: kill the part inside of you that cringes. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Thanks, yeah. yeah. But, uh, <laughs> I mean, actually, that was a wonderful, wonderful yeah. interview. I yeah. had a... Uh, Great wasn't time, that dude. fun wasn't that
3: nice <laughs> it was. no, i really i really did have a good time and i'm excited that he's interested in coming back and we'll make sure to make that happen and let us know what a, you think in the comments
1: second can we book can we just come talk in. about how he just like and then the second book and at one point i was like come on i man. think i look right at the camera and i'm like the hell yeah <laughs> this oh. is good news <laughs>
4: yeah yeah oh he has like graphic novels planned as yeah. well uh, for like yeah. a pre two prequels
3: that's it's um, there's
4: it's it's good.
1: There's stuff. It a
2: cinematic universe a uh, literary
1: universe. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but if you, you are new so. to NerdOn, thank you so much for listening if you're watching on YouTube, thanks so much for watching. Uh, all of our linky links, uh, you can find on our website nerdon.tv, it has all of that information where our our channels are, all that stuff we stream to Twitch. Uh, like we said at the top, do consider joining that NerdOn Nation. It's for, fun. It is fun. There's lots of really cool perks. It's four quarters. I just want to
3: know. I, they know about the perks. I'm just going to pitch it this this way for once. Just like, it's such a good time. The the nerd on nation and the nerd on the special Discord you get to part of, be a part of. Like, it's a blasty blast. You're missing out if you're not there. To be honest with you, that's what it is. You're just you're not getting the full experience. And and like the perks are great. You get all these cool stuff. But the people, man. The, the people. people. That's I'm going to pitch people? it like that for this show. Just yeah. the one. Just, yeah. I want to just
2: shout that four, out. Four quarters, baby. Yeah, Just four quarters. And then also you get some like one-on-one conversation with you. You yeah. just add us and be like, hey, I want to talk to you about some things. That's exactly. not even yeah. a
4: Starbucks. That's yeah. like a yeah.
3: part of a Starbucks. And you get to be on the four.
1: inside of like ah, – We tell you guys things. Yeah,
3: you get to know. You get to be in the know. Yeah. Oh, so, yeah.
1: Check it out. So check That's how we're going to pitch it. That's how we're yeah, going to pitch it. Exactly. Um, so, yeah, thank you so much for listening. Uh, if you want to listen some more – the show is available everywhere podcasts are heard: Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeart, everywhere. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And if we're not there, mm-hmm. let me know. I, I will. I will find fix it. That I will, right I will fix end. it stat. Yeah. So uh, that's it. There isn't any more. Thank you so much for listening or watching. You guys are dope. Take care of yourselves. You know the drill. As always, nerd on. Nerd on.
5: Broadcast.